Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Man has to put his faith, man has to put his confidence in the blood. And that trust and confidence is described as in Romans 3.25, faith in his blood, faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus. Used to love it when Pastor Jim and I would go around and Jim would ask the question, "If what is your basis for hoping to go to heaven? What is your basis for, for hoping to go to heaven? And if a person didn't say because he died for me, because his blood was shed for me, we knew right away where he stood. We knew right away whether or not he also was walking right down the middle of the road to hell or whether he was on the straight and narrow. Now, to get a picture of what this means, faith in his blood in Romans 3.25, faith in his blood, that picture of the firstborn in, in, in Egypt is so useful. Think about the firstborn in Egypt sitting in his house on that night, that Passover time. I mean, he's seen, he's seen, he's seen when God said, go into the house for the plague when God is going to send the hail, for example. He sent, God sent the hail, and he sent the hail. And, and he saw that, that those who went into their houses and brought their animals into their houses when the hail came, they were saved. They were saved. But those who said, oh, well, who is God that I should obey him like uh, Pharaoh said, if they said, who is God, and they didn't go into the houses or their animals didn't go into the houses, then they were killed. So when God said, go into the house on that night of Passover, that firstborn was in his house. And God said on that night of the Passover that the blood of the family lamb, and that's what it was, it was a family lamb, each family had a lamb, that the blood of the family lamb had to be over the door and on the two side posts of the house. The father had to put the blood on the door, lintel, and on the two side posts of the house. That's what he had to do. That's what God said in Exodus 12, 13. Exodus 12, 13. And the blood shall be to you a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And that firstborn knew that the angel was coming to kill him as the firstborn. And that firstborn knew that his only hope was God's effective way that God said death would, could be avoided when the blood of the family lamb was put onto the doorpost and over the top of the door. So the firstborn, he sat in the house, he heard the cries, can you imagine them? He heard the cries, he heard the screams coming from far from all the families that didn't put the blood in the Egypt, didn't put the blood on the doors, and they watched and helpless, they were horrified as they saw their firstborns die. And imagine how those cries and those screams could be heard 
from a far distance and then getting closer and closer as the angel of death moved along. And as the firstborn hears these cries and screams and getting closer, how he must have put his confidence stronger and stronger in the blood of the family lamb that was on the doorpost. And he must have prayed stronger and stronger. Oh God, you said that when you see the blood that the, on the doorpost that you would pass over, you said death would skip over this house. You said you would not kill me, the firstborn in this house. because And we put it on there just like you said, God. We're relying on your promise. Now that's the picture of what it means to have faith in his blood. Faith in his blood, confidence. It means 100% unreserved confidence in the blood, in the blood of the Lord Jesus to save a person from judgment. It means to not have any confidence in works that could be done. It means blood only, just blood. Confidence in only the blood of the Lord Jesus because his blood speaks of his sacrifice, his death for our sins. Like the hymn says in Rock of Ages, nothing in my hand I bring simply to thy cross. I cling. But the word faith, as in faith in his blood, it emphasizes what man must do. God did not put the blood on the doorposts of the house. Man had to. God did not, God told man clearly, this is what you have to do. You have to put the blood on the top of the door. You got to put it on the doorposts. But finally, the deciding factor as to whether or not the firstborn lived or died, it all came down to man. It came down to whether man would obey God or not. That's why the gospel is called a command to obey. In 2 Thessalonians 1.7, 2 Thessalonians 1.7 says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on all them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his power. What does God do? He takes vengeance with flaming fire and he punishes with everlasting destruction those that do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not an option, it's a command. The gospel is not an option, it's a command. Like Moses, when Moses said to the the children of Israel, I command you, put the blood on the doorposts. The gospel is a command. As it says in Acts 17.30, Acts 17.30, the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men and that he raised him from the dead. The gospel is a command. It's a command to turn away from sin. Repentance is a command. Confidence in the blood is a command to save from sin. And judgment comes to those who refuse to obey the command. Just like death came to the firstborn for the houses that refused to obey the command to put the blood on the door. Salvation is not automatic. It's not automatic. Each person must individually put his faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus. Now, you would think that our justification would be by God alone as in justified by God. But that's not how justification is described. Justification from our sins is described in Romans 5.1. Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by God, doesn't say that. Therefore, being justified by faith, 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified by our faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus. God's plan with the blood of the Lord Jesus is for man to have faith in his blood, then the plan will be effective and man will be saved from his sins. That's why we're, 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 that's what we're studying now about the shed blood of the Lord Jesus and all it accomplished because the blood is super important. It's super important. God's plan with the blood is that there's, there, is that there's no man who is an enemy with God today that the blood can't reconcile to God. God's plan with the blood is that there is no guilt that any man has today that the blood can't wash away. God's plan with the blood is that it is such a mighty payment for our sins that God can forgive all of our sins because of the mighty payment, the value of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's God's plan. God's plan is with the blood and man's plan is with good works. That's the difference. And a man counts the blood of no value when he tries to substitute good works for his salvation. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, it just basically says, everything has been done. It's all been paid for. Now it's just a case of putting faith in that blood, of putting confidence in that blood. What the blood of the Lord Jesus speaks is it says, all you have to do is just come. Just come, don't resist. Just like the Lord Jesus said in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll give it to you. He said that to Isaiah in Isaiah 118, when Israel was in such a state as they were called sinful nation, a people laden with iniquities, seed of evildoers. He didn't say corrupted. He said corruptors. Apart from that, they were very good people. But he said all of those things about them. And then in the next breath, God says in Isaiah 118, Isaiah 118, come now, come now. Let's reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. All a person has to do is come, just come. God looks at the blood and he says, from my side, I am reconciled to you. The question is, will you from your side be reconciled to me? I mean, just look at the cherubim. We were just talking about the cherubim a little earlier. Just look at the cherubim in the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy of Holies in the, in, in the tabernacle. I mean, the Ark there, it has blood on it. It has blood on the horns. The high priest puts it there. And you look at the cherubim, and they're facing inward on the blood. Their focus is on the blood. Their eyes are looking at the blood. And from those cherubims, we can imagine God looking at the blood and saying, based on the blood, I am reconciled to you. And only as man looks at the same blood and says, based on the blood, I am reconciled to you. I come to be reconciled to you, God. The focus is on the blood. God looks at the blood and says, I see the blood and I'm satisfied with the payment of the blood. We look at the same blood and it's faith in his blood means we look at the same blood and we say, this is all my payment. I have nothing more and nothing less to bring just simply to your cross I cling. That's why, that's why what we say to God and that becomes the basis of our ministry to the lost, is in 2 Corinthians 5.18, 2 Corinthians 5.18, all things are of God who hath reconciled to us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them 
and he's committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Be ye reconciled to God. You make this decision. Be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin or the sin offering for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When it speaks like this, when 2 Corinthians 5.18 talks like this, that God is first reconciled to us and then he gives to us the, the ministry of reconciliation, that means our ministry comes from our own experience. We've been reconciled to God when we put our faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ as the enough payment, adequate payment, for our sins. And then the, the ministry, for us then, the ministry of reconciliation, it means that God wants us to go tell others about the adequacy of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when he says that in, first, in 2 Corinthians 5.20, 2 Corinthians 5.20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We beg you, we pray you, we beseech you, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Now, there's a lot of passion in that verse when it said, God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. In other words, that's not describing a UPS driver who just delivers a package. God does not want us to be like the UPS driver that just delivers the package to the door, rings the doorbell, and leaves. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like UPS drivers. They bring me all that stuff from Amazon. That's nice. But, he, but, but God does not want us just to deliver information. The gospel to the lost should not be delivered like a UPS driver. You know, here's what you have to do to be saved from your sins. Just tell God you're a sinner. Open your heart receive him as your Savior. Then you'll be saved. Now you know there's nothing left for me to do, so bye. He wants us to plead with the lost. God, he, uh, we beseech you. We pray you in Christ. He wants us to plead you know, the common thought today is that, is, is that a person has to win God over with his good works. Oh, wait till God sees this. And the reality is that God is trying to win a person over with the blood that was shed for him. So when it says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, be ye reconciled to God, that's expressing that God is already reconciled. The ball is now in man's court. It's not up to man to be reconciled to God. It's, it, God is reconciled to God. Man is not reconciled to God until he puts faith in his blood, in the blood of the Lord Jesus. And he abandons, says, I'm finished with all these good works. The blood of the Lord Jesus has made God already reconciled to man. The only question is whether man will be reconciled to God by putting his faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus. So the fact that God is already reconciled to man by the blood is seen in what God said to Israel through the prophet Ezekiel. What God said to Israel is astounding in Ezekiel 16.62. Ezekiel 16.62. He said, I will establish my covenant with thee, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord, that thou mayest remember and be confounded and never open thy mouth any more because of thy shame, when I am pacified toward thee for all that thou hast done, saith the Lord. See, when God says that, when God says, I'm going to establish my covenant with thee, that's the new covenant. That's the new covenant in the blood of of the Lord Jesus, which he, that's what he said in Luke 22.20. Luke 22.20, it says, likewise also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new testament, it's the new covenant, it's the new agreement in my blood, which is shed for you. When he said, this cup is the new testament, the new covenant in my blood, 
This is what Moses was saying in Exodus 24.8. Behold the blood of the covenant. That's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the blood of the covenant. And that's what he's saying in Ezekiel 16.62 when it says, I will establish my covenant with thee and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Just imagine when the Jewish people are going to say, now I know that you are the Lord. Now I know that you, Lord Jesus, that you, Jesus, are the Lord. Oh, I can tell you, that day hasn't happened yet. Believe me. When it is, I go out of business. Ezekiel 1663, I am pacified toward thee for all that thou hast done. He didn't say, I will be pacified. He said, I am pacified toward thee for all that thou hast done. That means the blood of the Lord Jesus is so powerful that it's made God already pacified. He's already reconciled for all that they have done against God. Now the question is, will man be reconciled to God? What a statement for us to keep in mind that because of the power that's in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that God can say, I am pacified toward thee for all thou hast done. Did you ever find like I do that most people do not appreciate the gospel and, and they become even more defiant against you when you bring the gospel and explain how Jesus is God? But what should we expect? That's sinful. But it's so good to remember that God is already reconciled to them. You know, it takes two, and God has done his part already. You know, I was mentioning um, to the West Coast Baptist uh, Summer Blitz kids this last week, and I was encouraging them because they go through unbelievable, difficult job. The idea of spending 12 weeks in some of the most unhospitable weather of Miami in the summer, Brooklyn for that matter in the summer, and to go door to door, not to be offered water, but to have thrown water thrown on them, and to have doors slammed in their face, and rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection it's, it, it can be discouraging. And I was telling him, I said, when you go up to that door and you come to that door, start to worship God and say the blood is so powerful that it can forgive all sins. And when you t- talk to the people, I say, say something like that. The blood can forgive all sins. And when they slam the door behind you, say, and that's sin also. <laughs> because that's the power that's in the blood. That's the power that's in the blood. Our peace with God only comes from the blood. And since the blood is the life, as it says, Deuteronomy, blood is the life, the blood represents the life of the Lord Jesus. For he is our peace, Ephesians 2.14. Ephesians 2.14, he is our peace, who hath made one, made one. The blood makes peace with God. Our message to the lost is peace through the blood, peace through the blood. The blood is God's effective plan for peace. The gospel is God's command. We're motivated to persuade the laws to obey the gospel because of the suddenness of judgment that will come. Proverbs 29.1, Proverbs 29.1, he that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be cut off, and that without remedy, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. It's that suddenly, the suddenly, think of how horrible that word is, suddenly, God speaks over and over again to a person and the person doesn't see judgment coming slowly, but it's all of a sudden it comes. You know, knowing the gospel invitation is limited in time and we don't know, but maybe there's a record of how many times a person refuses the gospel before it's too late. We don't know. 
I mean, but it says in, in Psalm 73, 18, Psalm 73, 18, surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into destruction? As in a moment, they are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awaketh, so, o Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. You know, to be in a slippery place is a, is a terrible place. It's terrible because you have a false assurance that everything's okay, that you're on solid ground, it's all right, the ground is steady, it's all secure, and then comes the all of a sudden comes. And when that comes, it's described as being cast down into destruction in Psalm 73, 19. Psalm 73, 19 describes the all of a sudden moment as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors. You know, I, I really like to drive the, the windy, scenic roads of Highway 94 on the way to Takati. And it's just really nice. I never get tired of that. I, I, I like to ride on Highway 2, Highway 2 in Mexico that goes from Tecate to Mexicali, only when I've, but it's scary. It goes way up there by the mountains of Rumorosa. The scenery is beautiful in the mountains, but the windy roads, the, the, the strong winds, the sheep, steep. How many people have ever driven that? Okay, you get a prize. But anyway, it's just a, the steep trail. But, you know, those roads there, there are a few places with the most horrible sights on those roads. And you know what those horrible sights are? Black tire marks that go right across the road, over the curb, and into the cliff. And when you see that, such a horrible picture emerges of a person who's just enjoying the ride and they're looking at the beautiful scenery, they're starting to doze off and then all of a sudden in a moment when they come to realize that I'm going over the side, I'm going over to my death and the brakes are slammed on and the tires screech on the road but it's too late and the car just goes careening over the side of the road and what's left are the tire marks on the road and the tire marks on the road, they speak of the moment in terror or as it says in Psalm 73, in a moment. It's the any moment terror. That's the picture of the person who says, oh, the gospel's not for me now. And that's what motivates us to evangelize. That's what motivates us to bring the gospel to the, to the, to the lost. It's the tire marks on the road. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for committing to us to be your ambassadors. Lord, we feel so unable to do this, but Lord, we, we know that by your spirit, Lord, we will do the best. And so we do pray, Father, that what we've seen this morning will impress us with the power that's in the blood, that our message is the blood to the lost, and that we will be obedient to you to carry the message to the lost. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. 
or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Experience a short-term missions trip to Israel, the land and people to whom the Lord Jesus Christ will return. Not only walk where the Lord Jesus walked, but reach who He reached, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Be a part of the encouraging Jewish friends to receive the Lord Jesus. Israel Alive is all about making friendships with lost Israelis that will hopefully be eternal. We hope you'll join us in reaching the nation of Israel one friendship at a time. For more information, visit us at israelalive.org. That's israelalive.org. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Join us for the Taste of Creation silent auction and fundraiser for the Creation and Earth History Museum, Israel Restoration and Friendship with God Ministries on Saturday, July 14th at 6 p.m. Enjoy an amazing evening of fantastic food, music, prizes, and a special message by Ministry President Tom Cantor and guest speaker Frank Sherwin. Your participation and support of this fun-filled evening helps sustain these vital ministries to equip future generations and promote the furtherance of the gospel message. Register today at www.tasteofcreation.com. That's tasteofcreation.com. <laughs> 